Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Now, often you sit back and be like, okay, so we so we gave an organ <laughs> to another fire brother who I love in the name of Jesus, and I want him to walk with Jesus. And that's what, what, what I told him. Is I said, Jesus is giving you this kidney because he wants you in eternity. And that's, and that's it. I said, Kyle, this isn't about your physical life here. It's about you and Lindsay and your daughter being in right standing and not only believing in Jesus, but becoming followers of him. And, um, and so to sit here at home and have this rock star recovery, I mean, it's just screaming God's hands is all over this in goodness, in greatness. God definitely had a plan when he helped Russ Reimer and Kyle Schmidt cross paths. Both are firefighters with the Winnipeg Fire Department. But in 2010, Kyle was diagnosed with a rare form of kidney disease. The kidney disease progressed so much that by late 2020, he hit kidney failure and his kidney was only functioning at 3%. That's when Russ decided that he needed to do something and he decided that he would be a living donor and give Kyle one of his kidneys. Today on Connections, Russ is going to share a little bit about how they became friends what this friendship means to him, and why he decided to do what he did. God definitely had a plan when it came to Russ Weimer and Kyle Schmidt. The pair are both firefighters in Winnipeg, became friends along the way. Now, when Russ Reimer found out that Kyle was dealing with renal failure, he knew he had to do something, and he decided to become a living donor, giving Kyle Schmidt one of his kidneys. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your friendship with Kyle and how the two of you actually met and built your relationship. Totally. So Kyle and I actually met at something called uh, a lead instructor workshop at the Brandon Fire College. We were both lead instructors at our rural fire departments. He was with Bolgeser Fire Department. I was with Steinbeck Fire Department. And uh, so we went to a weekend workshop where uh, provincial instructors come together and share how they're teaching things uh, to try and be more uniform in how we teach provincially. And so I'll never forget, we were actually, him and I met, I think, and connected the best over a hose load called the Minutemen. So any firefighters would know what I'm talking about, and if you're not a firefighter, you could try to look this up, but you might still be confused. But, uh, but anyways, there's a Minuteman shoulder load, and we were at that hose bed, and the way Steinbeck does a Minuteman is a little bit different than the textbook, but everybody liked it so much that even the fire college uh, started adopting the term the Steinbeck Minuteman. And uh, so Kyle and I met over the Steinbeck Minuteman hose bid approximately 12 years ago. And so, uh, you know, now we both work on Winnipeg Fire Department together, but the thing is we're opposite platoons. So where we actually know each other and where we work together is as provincial evaluators. We moved on over the years to start evaluating new firefighters at the college and teaching courses together like vehicle extrication, um, hazmat, different stuff where where we would go out in a contract setting. And so him and I know each other uh, the most through the Brandon Fire College and our contract jobs with them. And we just hear about each other at Winnipeg because uh, his platoon and my platoon uh, don't cross paths on the job very often. Now, the surgery took place just under a week ago. Tell us a little bit about how things went and how the two of you are recovering. Uh, yes, it was Thursday. So, um, I mean, that in itself was, was 
it was a really long day until they put me to sleep. And then all of a sudden, uh, life moved pretty quick. Um, but surgery was put back a little further than we had expected. So the so our poor uh, spouses who were waiting for us to come out into recovery, um, you know, I know for my wife, I was off by over two hours, so she probably got quite nervous. Um, the surgeries were long. You know, these are not, it's a major surgery. Um, I think the, the most amazing thing about Thursday when we had surgery was for Kyle, um, for him being a recipient and me being a donor, it's a different way that they do the surgery. So my body actually traps a lot of gas, carbon dioxide. So I come out in quite a bit of pain from all of this stuff in my system. I think it would be similar to scuba diving and coming up too quick. Um, whereas Kyle was wide open, so he didn't have that. So Kyle, for the first time, comes out of surgery, and he's got this new kidney that works at a level that he's never had for over 10 years. I came out of surgery all of a sudden uh, being someone who had 100% kidney capacity down to, at the best, 50 and feeling like, like garbage. So uh, the most encouraging thing that happened was when Kyle came to visit, and, and he showed up. I was not very with it. But the life in his eyes, and he wouldn't stop talking. Kyle was just, he said, he felt completely different. Um, and, and he just kept kind of showering me in these words of, of how he felt. I, and I was struggling to intake it because I felt so awful. And, um, and I was still so out of it. But, but one thing I, I did do, even with my eyes closed for the most part to my life, is I said, I am so grateful that I got chosen to do this. I'm so happy that I could do this for Kyle. And, um, and so surgery day itself was, was pretty spectacular how I would have these moments that I know were straight from Jesus, where it was just this, you know, I'm, I'm out of it, I'm hurting, but Kyle would come around and I'd light up with this smile and be like, thank you, Jesus, that I could do this for him. And, um, and so that, that, that's kind of the, the Thursday um, on how that looked towards uh, the end of that day. Is he still doing well? Is his recovery still going well now that we're about a week in? Oh, so, so where we're at today, both of us actually, um, and again, I'm, I'm not the doctor in the process, but I know from all of what we had researched and what we've been told, we, we right now are for sure experiencing the best recoveries possible. So he has his kidneys, um, uh, creatinine is a big is a big deal in uh, kidney failure, and so his creatinine levels had always been well over a thousand. I mean, his kidneys were down at three percent. Now he has the one kidney from me, and his creatinine. The last we heard, um, and I'd have to check with him. Uh, he's going to get rechecked again today. Um, he's down like uh, one eighty three and probably lower, which which. He's almost to normal um, creatinine levels within uh, five days. So for him, for over a decade, and potentially actually in his whole life, Kyle's never felt the way he feels right now. And then for me, um, with going into the whole one kidney function, now nobody's really measuring what my kidney's doing, so I'm going more of, well, hey, good morning. How do you feel this morning, kidney? Um, this morning I really woke up 
with a ton of energy. I'm really happy. I'm having a wonderful time with my wife. We were just literally chatting it up about Jesus and worshiping him here. And um, I'm only, you know, a few days post-surgery as well. And and I, I just feel great. I feel great. And we're sitting in gratitude, uh, really starting to soak in. What in the world just happened here? <laughs> like, what? Like, what did we do? You know, I go around often with Firefighters for Christ. And so out of that capacity, of course, I'm, I'm chatting most of my days, every day, something is tying into Jesus because it's my life. Um, but, but now also you sit back and be like, okay, so we, so we gave an organ <laughs> to another fire brother who I love in the name of Jesus, and I want him to walk with Jesus. And that's what, what, what I told him is I said, Jesus is giving you this kidney because he wants you in eternity. And that's, and that's it. I said, Kyle, this isn't about your physical life here. It's about you and Lindsay and your daughter being in right standing and not only believing in Jesus, but becoming followers of him. And, um, and so to sit here at home and have this rock star recovery, I mean, it's just screaming God's hands is all over this in goodness, in greatness. So um, I could keep going, but I think he sensed the excitement in my answer to how do we feel. Um, granted, I should mention, you know, the, the first, second day after surgery, especially the second day, oh, it was bad. Like, like, uh, yeah, it was really bad. The pain has been, has been tough. So I don't want to come off being like, oh, yeah, I was just off like a kid in a candy store. Um, there has been some, uh, some tough uh, pain to deal with. But worth it? Phew. It's yeah, unimaginable un, un, how worth it this is to do this for someone. So on that level too, like take faith right out of it. People should go give their kidneys away. I mean, they should just do that. They should look it up like I did, and just go do it. And I mean, I barged into the hospital basically and said, "Hey, I hear you, Kyle Schmidt is sick," and they said, "Well, we can't tell you that." And I said, "Well, I, I know that he is because I just talked to him, and I want to give him my kidney." <laughs> And I said, so can we, like, let's go get this done today. You know, it took a year and a half. And that was going to be another one of my questions. How long did it take? Because it can take some time. And at 3% kidney function, that can't exactly be a very good quality of life. Terrible. Yeah. He was on dialysis. Uh, he got put on dialysis about a year and a half ago um, every day. He, he ranged between 3 to 5% uh, capacity. But you can now, if you try to picture, he was in his late 30s. As this young daughter and family, he was a firefighter in suppression, like on a fire truck. He took a fire prevention job, which gave him a Monday to Friday day job for Winnipeg Fire, which was very good timing because he knew, he quietly knew what was about to happen for him, sort of. And then he ended up where he needed dialysis every single day overnight. So he'd plug in his dialysis equipment, you know, let's say between 8 and 10 p.m., and pump that whole system in and out all night till morning, unplug, go do the job, come home, do it all over again. That's seven days a week. So anybody listening could, could well, figure that out for your life. How, how does that sound? For you to all, all of a sudden, and, and his kidney function went from where it was at. It was weak, and he quietly knew for over 10 years that he was ill, and that at some point, the kidneys would shut down, but they failed 
all of a sudden dramatically, like very quickly. And they equated most of that to stress, that he was overdoing it. And that's one thing as well. I mean, I've learned a lot through this process. Our kidneys do not like stress. So people need to start learning how to slow down and actually enjoy life, or even at a minimum, just stop doing what you're doing and sit down and pay attention to what's around you. Just quit it because you're going to kill yourself. And, um, and the kidneys, they just, they just shut down on him and, and off he was in this dialysis. And, and then, uh, it's absurd really, because if you look up and I'm not putting pride to myself again, this is all Jesus, but, um, it is absurd or very, it's extremely rare that somebody who's not a, a direct sibling or a brother, for starters, it's very rare that they would come forward at all as a living donor, somebody who's healthy and be like, here, take my kidney. And secondly, to match each other would be virtually impossible. However, in health sciences words, Kyle and I didn't just match. We were a perfect match. And I want to repeat that health science clarified this for me. I said, what does that mean, perfect match? They said, even if you were identical twins, your match numbers likely wouldn't be like this. They said it's basically impossible. You and Kyle are like identical. And I said, so I want to be clear. You're saying that even though we have no relation biologically, no DNA, nothing, uh, we match perfectly. And I said, when it's impossible, how impossible? They said, well, maybe once in a career, a surgeon might see that. I said, all right. That's very interesting. And of course, I left the process knowing, and my wife and I knew very quickly, God is involved in this. We're going to be okay. Because, because of, what, of what they said with a match number, um, God is in this. And that, to, that told me quickly, because I love Kyle uh, dearly, and he doesn't have to give his life to Jesus for me to love him anymore. I love him with all my heart. But because of that love, I also want Kyle forever. And, and I knew uh, very quickly what God was up to in actually saving Kyle. Not so that he's not on dialysis, so that, so that we're going to be like little kids in the kingdom one day playing firefighter together with our turnout gear on. That's what this is about. Everybody goes home, famous fire slogan. Yeah, well, I'm not okay with everybody going home to be buried six feet under in the dirt somewhere. Everybody goes home to me means everybody goes home to where we were born, where it says we already are now. Now, when it comes to recovery, both yourself and Kyle will have a different time as to how long it's going to take to recover. Can you first of all tell us a little bit about that? And then can you tell us a little bit about what it was like when you went to work and said, hey, I'm about to give my kidney to Kyle and I need some time off? Yeah, so recovery, um, it's, it's variable because it depends. And the one thing they did say, I mean, common sense is going to prevail pretty quick, especially they were able to allude to the fact that Kyle and I are both firefighter paramedics. So we do have enough medical training to know our body's pretty decent for what's going on. Um, the, the, the written letter I got, because the jobs we do is, is firefighting, I got a six to eight week time off uh, sort of that they would consider to be uh, mandatory. Uh, because even going into light duties, the challenge with firefighting light duties is, is nothing 
nothing's really light. Um, even the gear we wear just traps our heat. It's such a different type of, of profession. It's not like other careers. So you're better off, better safe than sorry here, taking that six to eight weeks um, and even to reflect on, you know, mentally and emotionally what's happened. So that's, that's for me, six to eight weeks to get back to uh, hopefully full firefighting duty. So I'm hoping at six to eight weeks that I honestly could go to the gym and crush a hard workout. And, and my, from following others who've done this, I do believe that that actually is going to be possible as long as my body has shown me that. And, um, and I've taken care of it to get there. Uh, Kyle, his is, his is a little bit longer than that, a little bit more than six to eight. I think he got more like eight to 12 weeks. But he also is on, he'll be on immunosuppressant drugs the rest of his life. Um, and, uh, sorry, anti-rejection medication the rest of his life. So he has a little bit of a different walk where they're going to have to stick close to him because it was in his genetics to be, to be uh, in kidney failure. That was something he would have inherited at, at birth for sure. So he's more prone to it. And so the body, again, if he doesn't manage at a higher level than I do, his body is naturally going to want to attack that kidney and uh, and shut it down on him. So he's going to have to manage uh, stress and all these jobs better, which it does sound like a lot of jobs. So I'm going to say this, that and with Kyle as well, because I challenged him to slow down. Now, when I speak about the three things I'm involved with, a lot of people will go, oh, my goodness, that guy is, is busy. And I would say you have to come have dinner with me I'll also put a plug out for a book here, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by Mark Homer. Okay, and anybody listening, trust me, you read this book in Western culture, <laughs> this book will change you. Uh, it will change you, just whatever. But my life has days, full days in my planner, where my wife and I sit here like we are today. And we're not burning the whole day, but what we're doing is sitting in nature, enjoying God's glory the whole day. That's not a burn to me. That's a fill-up. And so we're sitting here basking, and we're going to do nothing. And those other jobs can't touch me. If something's, I hate to say this in Steinbeck, but if something's on fire in Steinbeck today, I'm not coming. And, and even if I was totally healthy, I wouldn't be coming because I'm spending the day staring at the trees with my, with my wife. So um, it was interesting to our jobs when we just said, well, See you later. Given a kidney. Don't know how long this is going to take, but I'm out of here. We just kind of expected that whole brotherhood thing that gets talked about was going to step up and take care of us. And so quietly, really unknown, because I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying this to slight my job at all with Winnipeg or anything along those lines. I honestly am not quite sure how my shifts are being looked after or what's happening. I just called the illness line and said that I'm on. I'm on illness for uh, getting a kidney out. And so, so in this interview, I don't honestly know exactly how my jobs are being managed. I'm just trusting that the brotherhood and that the father is going to take care of me. So we just did it. Uh, and, and the beauty of being firefighters is, you know, even at our place, we have we got firefighters showing up every day for weeks. They're going to show up here with firefighter meals. That's already already started happening. I had a brother come yesterday, give me a hug. I got Chiefs coming today, um, and we didn't ask for none of that. And so uh, it's an incredible uh, 
career to be a part of. I mean, it, it's unreal. And we really need that for Kyle and Lindsay. We put a, we put a, um, a meal train together for the Schmidt family on our FFC. And uh, we're hoping that people will step up and, and uh, go help the Schmidts, uh, Kyle and Lindsay. They're, sounds like they're not, they're not getting quite the same uh, backing that we are. And, that, and that's something, Sylvia, I could, uh, give to you if, if you were willing to put that on air to help us uh, get this meal train. It's some kind of app or I don't know. You can sign literally sign up for a meal and then go deliver it. They live in East St. Paul, and uh, they would be oh, they would be just so blessed by people, especially people who say that they're people who love Jesus. Uh, oh man, it would be amazing. Now, Ras, before we end this conversation, we just want to learn a little bit more about your family. Tell us about them and what their thoughts were when you made the decision and you told them that, hey, I'm going to donate one of my kidneys. So that is a great way to, to uh, end. Uh, I've got four kids. Um, I'm remarried. I've got two uh, uh, kids, two boys that I brought into this second marriage and then have two stepchildren. And we actually, the way I got remarried was I met uh, my, my wife on a play date. So we actually met in the Woodlawn uh, <laughs> school hallway, and I attended a play date. So I have two uh, kids that will both be 12, Oliver and Natalia. And then we have a son named Chet and a son named Crosby, and they'll be 10 and 9 coming up here. And so we have 9, 10, and two 12-year-olds. And early in the process, the Hale Science Center, they really put you through the paces. They asked me the question on how do you – how do your kids feel about you doing this, knowing you could die or you could be really sick yourself, uh, but the dying. So you just hit them straight with the dying. So, so Mallory and I had them in the Suburban one day, and we turned around and we told them, so if I die from this, how do you feel? And I mean, granted, I am a fireman talking to children, so if you feel like that's harsh, it's just the way we talk. So I said, if, uh, if I die, how, how do we feel? And Chet, he had this speech that really we should have recorded, but the summative of what he said was, I was always born for this kidney to go to Kyle, so no matter what happens, it's already Kyle's kidney. Now, of course, we're all crying as a family, because at that time, he's eight years old, saying, uh, you go ahead and, and die, but that kidney belongs to Kyle. And I brought that back to Health Science Center and said, this is how they feel. And then... To cap it one further, because lately, as I got close to kidney surgery, I was at actually at FDIC on a bunch of podcasts, and a podcaster asked me, how does your wife feel about what you're doing? And I said, let me tell you something that's going to blow your mind. And he said, well, you know, he's a podcaster. I don't know if you could blow his mind. And I said, well, right here while I'm at Indianapolis, just a week, week and a half away from surgery, my wife messaged me while I was there at the conference and asked me if I would be okay with her becoming a kidney donor herself. So my wife, Mallory, is currently in the process to see if she's a match for a 22-year-old girl who had a failed kidney given to her at 18 years old who's in full renal failure. And so my wife, Mallory, is actually trying to become a living donor as we speak. And if she matches, and that's something your listeners, if you pray... Uh, pray that she matches this girl because this girl matching to Mallory, 
this girl has, uh, it's a whole nother story coming. <laughs> uh, she has abnormalities in rejection in her body that makes it impossible to be a match to her. So if my wife actually matches her, that'll be way more of a miracle than I was with Kyle. Like like a million times more. So that's a whole nother story. But, but that's a good summary of how my family feels about it because uh, <laughs> they got t-shirts made. The kids have t-shirts they're wearing that says very proudly, uh, my dad joined the one kidney club today. So we could send you that photo as well. It's really cute, the four of them. It's right when I came out of surgery. And uh, we were born for this, Sylvia. I mean, Jesus planned this. And, and, and what a proof, what a proof that there is a God, a Yahweh, a big God, who says he holds everything in the palm of his hand, that like he said, before you were born, I knit you into your mother's womb. I'm an adopted kid that wasn't ever even supposed to be living here. I have so much I could share in a story. And, uh, and here we are giving this kidney with a wife who's about to try and give her own kidney and, and kids that are saying, yeah, you're born to die then. And it's like, oh my goodness. Is there ever a God and he's alive and he's with us? (laughs) Such an amazing story. Thank you, Russ, so much for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.